Welcome everyone to the Stupid Sexy Podcast. Feels like I'm podcasting nothing at all. Dan, we're here. As um, Bruce Buffer would say, it's time! Dan, please tell everyone what we're going to review. Well, originally airing October 7th, 1993, it's season 5, episode 2. It's entitled Cape Fear, but with an E at the end. Mm-hmm. And it is significant to you, Dan, because in the hierarchy of Simpsons ranking episodes, where does this fall on your uh, list? Uh, number one. This is your number one all-time favorite episode. I And I can see why. This is a... This is... Top five for me. I haven't... It has been a while since I've actually done the list. I revealed when we reviewed Treehouse of Horror 3 that that was number one. Uh, Number two, we haven't gotten to that one yet. Number three, I believe, is Homer at the Bat. Number four would be this one here, Cape Fear. I'm I'm almost positive that's... Homer at the Bat, Cape Fear, and then an undisclosed episode that's in season eight. Yep, and if we have two season eight episodes we're going to review that are both in my top ten and both have a one-off character in them. And yes, so I'm, I'm sure it's one of those two. But we start things off with the chalkboard gag. Yes, the cafeteria deep fryer is not a toy. Wow, that's danger. <laughs> Dangerous. And now the worst part of the episode What's the worst part of the episode? It's the... This has got... Okay. I make a joke, say it's the 10th, but it's easily the 6th or 7th time they've done the -the over-the-top circus performer opening. Where they get in there, they do the kick line, and the juggler shows up, and the elephants show up, and the whole thing. I know, we're in the 5th season, and we're getting these... We're getting a repeat couch gag on the second episode. But it's not only a repeat couch gag, it was already repeated four to four times before at least. <laughs> Alright. But enough about that. Cause you have stated before that this episode is perfect top to bottom. You love every single minute of this episode. This is a very fast paced episode. The jokes come at you very quickly. Nothing overstays its welcome. The only time a gag is overdone, it's overdone at that perfect overdone factor where it's hysterical. Are we talking about the the parade, brother? Not that. We're talking about something else, but oh (laughs) my god. And I still crack up. I I mean, I laughed rewatching this episode to review it. I openly laughed out loud, and I was watching it in an empty house. My cats probably thought I was insane. All right, let's. We got it. We got to do. We're gonna do this right, so we're gonna do everything in order. And I've even for the for the purpose of this episode to make sure I don't miss anything. I've actually pulled up a transcript of the episode to make sure that I hit wow. every single gag because this the I this I do this for goat episodes. Okay, <laughs> we do this for the goat episodes. We're kicking off with late night with McBain. I'm oh, going. Yes. Oh, yes. <laughs> I'm your announcer, Oopin' Coopin' Fear Wolf Castle, and here's McBain. 
Can I play music? Yes. That's a nice sweater, Scoey. Makes you look like a homosexual. Boo! You are a homosexual, too. Boo! <laughs> uh, the Fox Network has hit a new low. <laughs> <laughs> so Marge comes in with the mail, and Lisa got a letter from her pen pal Anya. I have the transcript of the letter. Dear Lisa, as I write this, I am very sad. Our president has been overthrown and replaced by the benevolent General Thrall. All hail Thrall and his glorious new regimen. Sincerely, little girl. (laughs) (laughs) And she just goes, ugh, when she reads it. (laughs) You got a letter too, Bart. And he opens it up and it just says, I am going to kill you. But it's in blood and it's finger sized. (laughs) And we get... The debut of the theme, I won't say what the theme is because we haven't had the reveal yet, but we get, this is the first time this musical score is played is in this episode, and it's so good. It's a villain theme, and it's just a simple repeating score, but it's perfect, and we see that uh, the villain is writing a letter with die, Bart, die, and then it's got a checklist of things to do. You know, threaten Bart, do laundry, and then buy Horton Huskers. Because, of course, what else would you do with that? Obviously. So we cut to our Itchy and Scratchy episode, which is called Spay Anything, which is clever in its own way, by the way. Yep. Uh, There's another thing, too. Goat episodes always have some of the best Itchy and Scratchy episodes. Because this one's funny. So, so. It's, so Scratchy comes walking up. It's the animal clinic. It's got the... Uh, and it says, pay your cat. $75. So he's just like, oh, cool, I'm going to get paid. Well, unfortunately... Yeah, Itchy's... He's covering the S. Yep, we, we <laughs> spay your cat for $75. So they tie him to a table, and we immediately do a Goldfinger parody. Yes, we do. The laser's coming up. The scratchy does this classic cartoon, uses his tongue, forks it around the laser... Wraps it around the plug and unplugs it just in time. But Itchy just runs in, plugs it back in, and the laser immediately just slices him up. Yeah, it doesn't even go straight anymore. It just goes <laughs> it just all goes over the place. slices him. And Lisa's laughing her ass off, but Bart does not laugh. She's like, Bart, what's what's wrong? You're not laughing. And Homer, he's going through the mail, and he goes, Oh my god, someone's trying to kill me! And Everybody in the house rushes to him, including a mouse out of the mouse hole under the oh, stairs. Oh, wait, it's for Bart. Yep. <clears throat> so we've got... The the table is full of these letters. There's there's like 15 or 20 of them, all written in Kill blood. Dumb. <laughs> yeah, and then there's... But there's one that stands out. It's got different handwriting, and it's actually written in ink. It just says, I kill you, scum. Marge is like, this one looks different. Homer's like, oh, uh, I did that one. After Bart put this tattoo on my butt, and he pulled down his pants and just says wide load. Everybody laughs, including Nelson, who's at the window. And Bart's like, who would want to kill me? I'm this generation's Dennis the Menace. It's the person you least suspect. And, of course, Lisa's like, yeah, that's good, Dad. And then, of course, Grandpa's like, I say we call Matlock. He'll find the culprit and starts naming off all these Matlock villains. Like, Grandpa Matlock's not real. Yeah, well, neither are my teeth. 
but I can still eat corn on the cob if someone cuts it up and smashes it into a fine paste. Now that's good eating! So Bart's understandably worried, right? So he's a little scared on the schoolyard, but Milhouse is, is asking around. He's like, yeah, the girls are calling you fatty, fat, 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 and Nelson's planning to pull down your pants, but no one's, no one's trying, trying to kill, kill you. And right and on cue. <laughs> he pulls his pants out, and the girls all start yelling, fatty, fatty, fat, fat. Oh, that's so great. And then, oh my god, this part always cracks me up so much. The uh, the radio goes off in the morning for Bart, and the DJ's like, all right, this is dedicated to Bart Simpson with the message, I'm coming to kill you slowly and painfully. And it starts playing Wipeout. Oh, so we're we're what's kind of clever let's talk about the cleverness of this episode this episode is pretty much entirely told from the point of view of bart right like other than the parts where we cut to the villain yeah this is because like this this whole next sequence is bart just being so paranoid that i i highly doubt that anybody's actually coming at him in that intimidating fashion. It's just what he's seeing, right? Marge is cutting the coupons and it says die on the coupon. And he's freaking out just because like, I doubt she turned around and even worded it that way in his mind. That's how he saw it. I'm getting really deep on this episode, but we have to, right? This this is the only time we're going to review this. Uh, We should do watch along for patron and actually like analyze it in real time. But, like, yeah, Marge is cutting the coupons. She's like, Bart, I'm going to get you ice cream at the store because I'm saving all this money on Diet Cola. Then he runs into Flanders, and Flanders has got a freaking Freddy Krueger glove on. Say your prayer, Simpson, because the schools can't force you like they should. And, of course, it's just their their, uh, razor-fingered head trimmers. He's making this beautiful angel. I mean, head trimming is just as fun as sitting through church. And then, of course, Krabappel, you're going to be my murder victim, Bart. And our school production of Lizzie Borden. And Martin Prince stars as Lizzie Borden. 30 wax with a noodle, Bart. <laughs> I love that a fourth grade class is doing a play on Lizzie Borden. That school really does have some issues. So Marge goes to the police station. He's talking to Chief Wiggum. He's like, well, I'd love to help you, but there's no law against mailing threatening letters. Yeah, I'm pretty sure there is. Yeah, the day I taped cop lessons. Uh, actually, she's right, Chief. He's got a whole rule book over here. Oh, it also says it's illegal to put your squirrels down pants for the purposes of gambling. Shut it down, fellas. <laughs> yeah, Eddie's got the squirrels in his pants and everybody's cheering him on. Did you ever watch, uh, did you ever see the show Phineas and Ferb? No, I have on Disney. It's it's probably the best Disney cartoon that they put out since like the original glory days of the Disney afternoon. It's very very clever. Like it's one of those cartoons that was it was really hot when I was working there and a lot of people were watching it and I was like I was like, you know, I do the whole isn't that a kid's show like cuz but then I start realizing, no, it's actually really clever and well done. I started re- watching it and appreciating it. But one of the things that they would always do is they always have a song every episode because it's a Disney thing. And the song, some of the most popular songs became iconic from the show. And one of them is Phineas's sister, Candace gets squirrels in her pants. 
And while she's fighting them up, or she's trying to fight the squirrels out, the uh, there's a DJ that's basically dropping a rap beat in the background, and the song was called Squirrels in My Pants. Or S-I-M-P, as they call it. And it, it's one of the best songs they ever did. That's how we named our cat Perry. We named him after Perry the Platypus. Although it's been so long now that we don't even associate that as the connection anymore. But yes. Squirrels in your pants are illegal. But Lisa has a theory, Dan, as to who mm. might be doing this. Who's something you've been making irritating phone calls to for all of these years? Linda Lavin? No, someone who didn't deserve it. So she calls Moe's Tavern and threatens him. We know you're behind it, so knock it off or we're going to the cops. He's like, okay, I'll, I'll, I'll take care of it. But what's what Moe actually thinks they're talking about, Dan? He goes in the back room tells him that he's out. Shut it down. He's just got a bunch of pandas and crates. I got pandas, so they just let the pandas out of the bar. She just roam around Springfield, apparently. Now, here's what I love about this episode. They do the big reveal and immediately hit it with one of my favorite jokes in the episode. So, the, of oh. course, Bart's leaning out the window. You're out there somewhere, but where? And we do the transition. We cut to the prison, and it's revealed it's, in fact, Sideshow Bob, which this is only Sideshow Bob's third episode. And so it's a good villain reveal because at the time... You may not have been expecting it to be Sideshow Bob, right? He's like, he, he tried to kill his aunt, and then it's, you know, yeah. it's over. We don't have to worry about him anymore. So we don't realize that, like, he's, he's been busted be... twice. I mean, come on. Yeah, it's not like he's been such a recurring character that he's going he's gonna to be making all these frequent appearances here. But this is, uh... so it's actually, for the time, it was actually a pretty big reveal that somebody's actually out to kill Bart. Like, this isn't one of those typical, like, Bart prank episodes. Bart's actually in real danger here. Because Sideshow Bob is a madman and he's brilliant. Bob is writing another letter. Yes. Ah, dear these United States. Funny thing happened to me. Ugh. It just collapses. And then Snake goes, just use a pen, Sideshow Bob. <laughs> Oh, it's so freaking funny. All right, here comes the next part, the parole hearing. First of all, we see that Snake has been granted parole. All right. (laughs) Farewell, Snake. May the next time we meet be under more felicitous circumstances. Go. Take care. Buh. Sideshow Bob has no decency. He called me Chief Pigum, and everybody laughs. Oh, I get it. That's a good one. And then, of course, Selma. Sideshow Bob tried to kill me on our honeymoon. Who in this courtroom is thinking of killing her right now? Everyone raises their hands, including be, Patty. Be honest. Yeah. Yeah, and the guy next to Patty guessed. He's like, well, she's always leaving the toilet seat up. <laughs> <clears throat> so it's Bob's turn to testify, and the blue-haired lawyer's there. Bob, if you're released, would you pose a threat to one Bart Simpson? Ah, yes. The little scamp foiled my evil schemes and sent me to this dank, urine-soaked hellhole. Well, you know, we object to the term urine-soaked hellhole, but you could have said pee-pee-soaked heckhole. (laughs) Ah, cheerfully withdrawn. 
got a tattoo on your chest. Doesn't it say die, Bart, die? Oh, no, it's German for thee, Bart, thee. Uh, yeah, they all start laughing. No one who uh, speaks... No one who speaks German <laughs> is be a bad guy. <laughs> so parole is granted. Bob is free. And the very first thing he does is go to see the movie. Ernest goes somewhere cheap and is just smoking a cigar, laughing hysterically, irritating everyone in the theater. So, of course, Homer is, Bar- Marge is like, Homer, say something. He's like, hey, sir, listen up. <laughs> I burn. I just got my head stuck in this toilet. And <laughs> Homer just loses it. Bob reveals who he is, and Bart and Lisa freak out. And I think the only problem I actually have with this episode is just this kind of, like, reveal where it's just like, oh, you're the one who sent me the letters. Like, okay. So, that was easy. I mean, that's my only actual nitpick, and it's not even that much of a nitpick. Marge is like, you're an awful man. Stay away from my son. He's like, I'll stay away, all right. Oh, wait, that's not good. And of course, he comes back. Wait, wait, I got a good one now. Marge, say that again. No. No. You said that sound. (laughs) So, of course, Wiggum installs a security system in the house, which is nothing but wires everywhere. When he walks into the house, a surprise. Hey, Flanders, could you come over here? Anything you do is nice and legal. Well, it doesn't work when you invite him. Don't! We also get one of my favorite sequences here. Oh my god, it's so friggin' so freaking funny. It's the uh <clears throat> the whole uh Sideshow Bob working out thing, right? He's got the the Bart Simpson tattoo on his back, his Bart severed head on the skateboard it says ouch man. And then of course, because he's got the three knuckles, so he's got L U V for love and then hate has the the accent over the A. It just says hat, but it's got the accent. And then he's just doing aerobics and turn and shake and flex and bounce. It's such a crazy visual. It just, I don't know, it just it just works. <laughs> yeah. And then, of course, they go to this guy. This, this detective agency is like, I can be very persuasive. And all he just is is, come on, leave town. I'll be your friend. And the absurdity continues as mean. Yeah, Bob drives through down their street in an ice cream truck, publicly announcing all the people he's not going to kill. Ned and Maude Flanders. Oh, isn't that nice? Homer Simpson, Marge Simpson. Lisa Simpson, Baby Simpson? That is all. <laughs> Woohoo! Bart, did you hear? Oh. Oh. So, with nowhere else to go, they turn to the Witness li- Relocation Program. Because obviously that's copyrighted. We can't even do that. Don't worry. We're going to give you a new name, a new job, new identity. Homer's like, ooh, ooh, I want to be John Elway. <laughs> And he has a daydream about John Elway snapping the ball, getting into the end zone. And, and he still loses Super Bowl to the 49ers, like yeah, 50 to 7. 56 to 7. 
the stat was the 80s for them. They would lose to the Niners in the Super Bowl like two or three times. Yep. And Bart's like, I'm going to be Gus, the lovable chimney sweep. Clean as a whistle, sharp as a thistle, best in all Westminster. Shut up, boy. So we got plenty of places where your uh, your family can live in peace yep. and security. Cape Fear, Terror Lake, New Horrorfield, Screamville. Ooh, Ice Creamville. No, that's Screamville. And he does the scream. And from now on, you're going to be Homer Thompson at Terror Lake. Let's practice, shall we? When I say, hello, Mr. Thompson, you say hi. Hello, Mr. Thompson. Homer just stares. Now remember, your name is Homer Thompson. I gotcha. Hello, Mr. Thompson. And then what might be one of my favorite transitions in any Simpsons episode ever is it cuts to the family just bored at the end of the table. The guys have their sleeves rolled up. They're smoking cigarettes. Their jackets are off, right? You can tell that some time has passed. Now, when I say your name and step on your foot, you smile and nod. Hello, Hello Mr. Mr. Thompson. Thompson. <laughs> I think he's talking to you. <clears throat> so it's all time for them to leave. They've got a brand new convertible. They've got a U-Tow instead of a U-Haul. And the FBI has a light opera that sings the entire Gilbert and Sullivan. So they start singing. And as they're all laughing during the song, we discover that Sideshow Bob is actually attached to the underbelly of their car. And we get a new intro to the show. The Thompson. <laughs> yep. We and then we get a better couch gag. We get a makeup couch gag. They run into the they run into the house and the fish fall out of the net on top of them. My favorite is the drive over there though with Bob. First he hits speed bumps and Bob hits his head. Ah, oh, this coffee's too hot, dumps it out of the car. Hey kids, you wanna drive through the cactus patch? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No. no. Oh, two against one. So this the Thompson family are admiring their new houseboat. Like, you know what the best part about this is? If you don't like your neighbors, you just pull up the anchor and sail away. And Every other boat that's docked there leaves. Yep. Another really funny visual that I don't think gets enough credit is that Homer's got witness relocation program swag on. Like, a hat, a hat and a t-shirt. Yeah. Which is the worst thing you can do in the witness protection program. And now... For the joke that makes me laugh every time I see it without fail because it's the only joke in the episode that's overdone. But it's overdone to that right degree where it becomes downright hysterical again. Sideshow Bob gets out from under the car, steps on a rake, it smacks him in the face, he grumbles. He turns and steps on another one, smacks him in the face, it grumbles. And the ground is just littered with rakes. This happens eight times. It's a four-by-four four sequence. This is how many times I've watched this sequence, in case you guys can't tell. He steps on four rakes in the exact same order, and then they just repeat it once. And that's all it needs to be. It is the funniest visual gag in the entire episode. What makes it funnier is it gets called back. 
later. Yeah, she fucking does. Have I seen the dog? Yeah, I tied him up out back. How Which, even of course, sp- out back is in the, in the uh, water. In the lake, yeah. <clears throat> How are we even supposed to start a new life? I tied up all the loose ends before we left, and there's Grandpa knocking on the door of the empty house. Yeah, my pills. I'm cold, and there are wolves after me. So, Bart's on his way to his new school. You know how you can tell? Because he's got the shiny apple and everything, right? And Sideshow Bob confronts him. He was hiding under a car. Yeah, he's like thinks it's like the woman talking to him. (laughs) Yeah. Well, surely there's no harm in laying in the middle of a public street. And then there's a parade going by. A parade just tramples him, and it's got... So it's like the whole marching band goes over. But then there's the gag of, there's like the uh, elephant marches by, and it's like presented by... Yeah, and there are... like every word is on a different elephant. <laughs> there are seven elephants. It's Terror Lake salutes Hannibal crossing the Alps. And every word, including the, is on a different elephant. Yeah. So Sideshow Bob should be dead at this point. <laughs> Bart's like, Mom, Dad, I saw Sideshow Bob and he threatened to kill me. Bart, don't interrupt. Homer, this is serious. Oh, it is not. We also get that there is a there's a great Bates Motel joke in here real quick. Going to surprise the boy in bed and disembowel him. Oh, I don't like that bowel thing. Ha <laughs> ha, got him. And then we're in Bart's room. God, this this part kills me too. Bart's understandably nervous as he's laying in his bed. And his door creaks open. A butcher knife comes in. Somebody surprise you before you go to bed. Ah! Oh, just let me cut you a brownie before you go to bed. Dad, I'm really edgy right now. Please don't run in here screaming and brandishing a butcher knife. Why? Oh, the sideshow Bob thing, of course. Homer kisses him, good night, and exits the room. Bart lays down to go back to sleep. <laughs> and what happens next? Not in the door opens again. Bart, do you want to see my new chainsaw and hockey mask? <laughs> oh, right. What am I thinking? <clears throat> the family goes to bed, all the lights turn out. Bob. This is a really quick visual gag, but when Bob gets up on the boat from swimming in the water, his hair is down to his ankles. Yep. And he just shakes it off. Steps on one last rake. On rake. One more rake. <laughs> Cuts the boat loose so it drifts off so there's nowhere to escape. And he goes after Bart. And you know what? This this shows the uh, the brilliance of his plan is that he doesn't just go in and go after Bart, right? He actually takes the time to tie up the family, including the dog and the cat. <laughs> and of course, oh my God, dad's been drugged. No, he hasn't. He's just still asleep. So Bart goes to jump off the boat, but there are alligators in the water. So then he goes to the back of the boat, <clears throat> electric eels, and then he goes back to the front of the boat, and alligators, and he's like, oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> Sideshow Bob corners him you have any last requests well there is one and he sees that they're 15 miles from springfield ah nah but of course bob's downfall as a villain is he's an egotist 
That's that's his villainous downfall. He's an egotist. And Bart appeals to him. You have such a beautiful singing voice. Could you sing the entire score of the HMS Pinafore? Very uh, well, Bart. Before I send you to hell, I shall send you to heaven. And he, of course, immediately starts off. He sings. There's a, there's a five sections to this, I believe. Or five or four sections. It's... I, I don't know my HMS Pinafore. I'd have to pull up... Maybe that's in the trivia. The actual, like, specific names of the songs. I'm actually going to thumb through the trivia real quick. Uh, if it is, <clears throat> I don't see it. But, okay. So, the first part... The, then he's, he's singing the second part. And, of course, he's doing the whole thing, right? Like... He's setting up the scenes and everything with mops and whatever props are available. Bart's eating popcorn. Bart joins him on stage and they sing together. The guy's trying to murder this kid. And of course, he's even got a playbill that's got Bob on it. And then one of the most random jokes that always cracked me up was that as Bob's doing his encore, these random hands just hand him flowers (laughs) off screen. And Bob... And now the final curtain. See, he approaches and, Bart. And they hit a bunch of rocks. And discover that all the cops are there in their bathrobes. It's their a good thing you passed pass by that brothel. <laughs> and Bart reveals his grand plan to the cops. Which even Homer is just like, ah, what a fiendish plan. It's... Oh, you fiendishly clever intricacy. Which, of course, just means it's a great plan. And then Bart looks over at the cops and says, Take him away, boys. Hey, I say that. Yeah. Take him away, toys. What'd you say, Chief? Nah, just do what you say. <laughs> Bake him away, toys. I always love that. <laughs> and the family returns home to discover that Grandpa's now a woman. They're like, and they're like, oh, no, get him his medication now. But no, Jasper's like, I want to court this lady. <laughs> There's something you should know about me. I've got Stephen Eady tickets. I'm all yours. Oh, my God. This episode. This episode is perfect. This is a perfect Simpsons episode. I yeah. defy anybody to watch this episode and not enjoy it. Even if you don't rank it in your top five or your top ten or whatever, you can't tell me you don't like this episode. Oh, you got... You have to acknowledge this as the head of the table. (laughs) It's just... It's so good. It's so freaking good. At the very least, it's the best Sideshow Bob episode. Absolutely. Absolutely. You can't even argue that one. There are, I mean, Sideshow Bob episodes are the one, Treehouse of Horror and Sideshow Bob are the reasons I've returned to Modern Simpsons episodes. If I discover that an episode aired that had Sideshow Bob in it, I watch it every time. So I've seen every Sideshow Bob episode that has currently aired. There's a Sideshow Bob episode where you don't even realize it's a Sideshow Bob episode until halfway through it. Yes! (laughs) Yes! They're they're just just on a vacation. (laughs) Yeah. And then he says, the mayor of the town is fucking Sideshow Bob. 
I know, he even goes to escape the Simpsons and they still find him. Vendetta! The little He's like, I just tried to get as far away from you as possible. Okay, we got we got trivia for this episode, of course. Of course, this is a, a send-up of Cape Fear, which is a twice-made <clears throat> movie. <clears throat> yes. Uh, this is specifically parodying the Robert De Niro version of the movie. And did a better version than Waylon Mercy did. Wrestling fans will pop at that. Everybody else is like, who? This is the first time Sideshow Bob will attempt to kill Bart. As we've said before, his first appearance was a frame job. And while he did attempt to kill Selma, it wasn't out of revenge. It was to get her inheritance money. Because he discovers that she's got money. So he marries her, plans to kill her to make it look like an accident so he can make off with all the assets. Bart has foiled him twice, so now he's hell-bent on revenge, which sets up the plot here. Uh. Okay. So there were difficulties getting this episode up to the minimum length of an episode, and many scenes were added in post-production. We mentioned that this is the repeat of the couch gag. Back to Lisa's first word is when they first used it. Considerably longer. The itchy and scratchy cartoon was added. And even a few misleads as to who was trying to kill Bart. <clears throat> All of these additions, they still ran short of time. So how was the last thing that they fixed it? They added the rakes <laughs> to meet the time quota. At the end of the day, it was the rakes that did it. And... I think everybody can appreciate that as being a thing, right? Oh, yeah. Uh, the mobile game Simpsons Tapped Out that I have on my iPhone, I still play that to this day. There is an animated gag for Sideshow Bob <clears throat> where you can you, one of the items that you can get in the game is just a rake that lays on the ground, and you can put a couple of them down. And you can send Sideshow Bob on a task where he just steps on rakes for the whole thing. And he will walk back and forth to every rake, let it hit him in the face, and walk to the next one. That is one of my favorite things they've ever done. So, Kelsey Grammer only recorded the, the rake moan one time, and they just repeated it. So even he didn't know that the rake scene was extended. <clears throat> so the show writers actually do admire the singing voice of Kelsey Grammer, and they've always tried to include a song in every single one of his episodes. Uh, Alf Coulson commented that Grammer is so great, he's just amazing. You can tell his love of musical theater, and he has a vocal instrument, so whenever we have him, I write a song, and it's always sung in a way I've never heard it before. Dan, you have something in common with Hank Azaria. This is his favorite episode of the entire series, too. It's also Al Jean's favorite episode. Yes. Well, it's, I mean, it's a good one, right? <clears throat> of course, Bart asked him to, see, to sing the uh, HMS Pinafore. In Season 3, Episode 4 of Frasier, episode entitled Leapin' Lizards, he sings part of the same segment of the score that he did in this episode of The Simpsons. Actually makes me want to go rewatch that episode. I've seen Frasier, but I haven't seen Frasier. You know what I mean? 
Like, I've watched episodes of Frasier with my mom because she was a big fan. But I don't know, like, ongoing storylines or what episode goes with what season. But now I actually have one to seek out. This episode was the inspiration for the 2012 play, which was entitled Mr. Burns, a post-electric play created by Anne Washburn. The play concerns a band of survivors in a post-apocalyptic world who recreate classic episodes of The Simpsons, changing the stories as they pass along from one generation to another. By the play's final act, the episode has transformed into an epic Gilbert and Sullivan-style opera in which Bart must defeat Mr. Burns who is the main villain, and Itchy and Scratchy, who are his minions. So there you have it. <laughs> this episode inspired a friggin' play. Of course, the Thompsons, while sounding like Simpson, is in fact a reference to J. Lee Thompson, the director of the original 1962 Cape Fear. It was Wallace Walonarski, who had seen Cape Fear at the 91, uh, pitched the idea of spoofing the film. And John Vetti was then assigned to write a parody of the original as well as the remake. So instead of using the spoof as only part of the episode, which could have contained a B story, the entire episode was devoted to the parody. Sideshow Bob was cast as the villain. Bart became the main victim. The episode follows the same basic plot outline as the film's, and even uses elements from the film's score, which was by Bernard Herrmann, used in the 91 version. And after this episode, that becomes known as the Sideshow Bob theme. That was my favorite piece of trivia about this episode, by the way. Because nice. every time you see Sideshow Bob from here on out, you get that, that music sampling. In addition to the end musical number, including visual gags such as Bob appearing in uniform, were added after the animatics. The crew felt that watching the characters singing would not be interesting enough, so they included these gags to make it work. Matt Groening was surprised at them and thought they were too silly and would not appear in the final cut, but has since grown to really like them. That's part of the brilliance though, right? Is that is so absurd? That Bob would be doing this, and he would be changing costume, and all these things would be appearing that makes no sense. But he's still doing it. Uh, see, even my cat appreciates this episode. I don't know if you heard that. But, <laughs> but my cat is now on the desk as we're recording this. You picked a good episode to join us for, Kitty. This would be Lily making an appearance, if anybody's been following. Do you know this episode is banned in Germany? <laughs> uh, there's several reasons, actually. Depicting violence against a child. Depicting a character holding the ranking of an Uber-Gruber-Führer. Because he's got... The, the guy in Up Night for McBain has got the whole SS uniform, including the swastika. Uh, that's a strict German law. You can't use swastika in even any kind of media there. So... They, when they dubbed it and they finally aired it in Germany in 99, all they did was they just took out the first scene. So it's not even the Bart B is what did it in. It was actually the Nazi stuff. Makes sense, right? The Sideshow Bob passion for singing, dimension to his character, 
is uniquely from Kelsey Grammer and started all the way back on the set of Cheers. Makes sense, right? Yeah. Did you notice what Sideshow Bob's prison number was, Dan? I'm going to guess. It's not. It's the same number. It is not. It's not the one we just referenced. It's not Jean Valjean. It's A113. Oh, okay. You know the uh, significance of A113? Yeah, that's the classroom at whatever, UCLA or whatever, that all the animators went to back in the day. Yep. That's why every Pixar movie has a reference to it. Yep, it's a Brad Bird thing, and Brad Bird's part of this episode, so there it is. It's like the it's like the classroom where like the intro to animation class was or whatever, so... And it was Al Jean's idea to make the rake joke where it was funny, then unfunny, and then funny again. So the next time anybody wants to study the art of making a, uh, making a joke so long that it becomes funny again, because we've talked about this in previous episodes, right? That's like a comedy art. The joke outstays its welcome, but then it's, it gets to that, that sweet spot. Uh, watch the rake sequence. Don't watch anything that Family Guy does because Family Guy always pushes it to the point of not being funny. Well, not early Family Guy. Later Family Guy has the bad habit of doing that. Ah, so what do you think, Dan? What do I think? Yes. Okay. So we all right. We know it's your favorite, but let's let's talk about specifically what what it is that made this your favorite episode. Just like every second. It's just fantastic. It's it's got great pacing. It's got it's visual jokes. My, my favorite McMain thing opens it. That's that's a thing, right? If for like on social media and in message boards and in other groups and stuff, one of Dan's favorite things is to uh, is to to use the uh, maybe you're all homosexuals joke. But one of my favorite things is when you don't even have the text. You just put post the McBain picture where he's pointing. And, he, and I laugh because I understand the reference. <laughs> that makes it even funnier. It's just McBain pointing. And I'm like, ah, oh, I get it. I get it. I know what he's referencing. The nice jacket, Scully, makes you look like a homosexual. There are a couple of really great McBain stuff. I think this and uh, McBain Let's Get Silly are the best McBain gags. But we're not we're not on that one yet. The Critic doesn't exist at this point. Or maybe it does. Critic was 94? So we're getting close. We're getting close, yeah. If it's, if it's not already out yet... Because Mike Reese is still involved. He left The Simpsons to do The Critic and he missed some of the classic stuff. So... But yeah, oh my god, it's so... This episode really is a perfect Simpsons episode. Yeah, you can't... You cannot watch this episode and come back with negative feelings towards it. You can't. It's impossible. There are certain episodes you just can't do that with. This is... This is easily one of them. Season 5 is going to be a good one. There's a lot of good stuff coming up this season. And this is just... We're just getting started. I mean, that was only the first episode we just reviewed. Yeah, first two. And we got a we got a ways to go here. Uh, but here's the thing: 
Like, yes, obviously the next episode is going to be a step down for Dan because we just reviewed number one, but it's still a funny episode. Homer goes to college. And that's still a funny episode. Let me do the count real quick. There are, yeah, there are 22 episodes of season five that we're going to review. We're on the, we're on the, uh, the 22 episode sequence right here. And then it's actually season six gets up to 25 episodes. Yeah, it's going to be a, it's going to be a fun run. It's definitely going to be a fun run here. So there you have it. Cape Fear. We've, we have covered it. We got to an episode Dan has been wanting to do. And now that we have reviewed it, this is the end of the podcast. We're, we're done. No more Simpsons. Nah, I'm just kidding. We're not there yet. Maybe when we get to like, get to like season 14, we might start hitting that point. We're just like, ugh. but that actually might be more fun. Because we'll start ripping on episodes as we start getting to where the the weaker episodes come in. But yes, uh, Cape Fear, absolute classic. So next week will be Homer Goes to College. Check out all the great shows on CKCC Radio. Become a patron at patreon.com slash club kayfabe. And subscribe to us on Twitch, twitch.tv slash CKCC online. Until next time, we shall bid you adieu. We'll go and we'll sing the score of the HMS Pinafore. And catch you guys next time on another stupid, sexy podcast. Because I'm podcasting nothing at all.